Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. I want to share with you this morning about, uh, about I, I, I touched on this at the men's retreat when I, on Friday night, just, just extemporaneously, spontaneously preaching about um, the two intercessors, the two supernatural intercessors that, that we have. We have an intercessor in heaven. His name is Jesus. He's a real man. And he's really the son of God, and he's interceding for me. And we also have a supernatural intercessor that's just as real as who's on earth. Actually, he's inside of me. He's the Holy Spirit. And he's, he's the heavenly intercessor that's praying on earth. You know, I, I believe their prayers are probably pretty close. How many people think that Jesus and the Holy Ghost are probably praying very similar prayers over me? I think the prayers of Jesus are being prayed inside of me as I yield to the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost in my life. It's, it's the releasing, oftentimes it's the releasing of Christ's intercession for me. It's intercession for me being released as I yield myself to God. But I want, to, I want to talk to you about these two intercessors. So we're going to start with the heavenly high priest out of Hebrews 8.1. This is a blog, I think I really, um, posted it last week, called The Heavenly High Priest, talking about Jesus. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest. One who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. This is so awesome. This son of God and son of man. He understands he was touched with the feelings of my weaknesses and my infirmities. And he sits as a man representing me as a man before my father praying for me today. He is my mediator. He is my heavenly high priest. It says in Hebrews 7.25, he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them. Have you ever thought about the intercessory prayers of Jesus? No, really. Have you ever thought about the power and effect of his prayers? Have you ever thought about what he prays for you and why? We can have a good idea of his prayers from John's account of his prayer in Gethsemane. The sense of his prayer was that he wanted us to experience the same relationship with the Father that he enjoyed from eternity. That's the main sense of the eternal, heavenly, high priestly ministry of Jesus to bring us in to the intimacy that he's experienced. All the other stuff flows out of that. That's the essence of his ministry. So here it goes goes on to say, um, the prayer was answered, this prayer that he had was answered by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church beginning on the day of Pentecost. We celebrate that next Sunday. It's the baptism in the Holy Spirit that brings us to the place of power and intimacy our hearts have longed for. So if you really think about it, the heavenly priesthood and the intercessory prayers of Jesus are aimed at bringing us into the fullness of the Spirit. That's what he's praying. He's he's praying that I would come near. He's calling me in to that place of intimacy and power where I'm satisfied and God's glorified. Here are some observations that Andrew Murray made about the heavenly ministry of Jesus. His life on earth, Christ began his work as intercessor. Think of the high priestly prayer on behalf of his disciples as, as though all, and, and all those who should through them believe in his name. Think of his words to Peter. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. 
This shows how intensely personal his intercession is. I love that. His intercession in heaven is intensely personal. It's intensely personal. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. And his prayers for you are aimed and they're intensely personal about the great issues in your life. Even on the cross, he spoke as an intercessor. Father, forgive them. Now that Christ is seated at God's right hand, he continually intercedes for us as our great high priest. But with the difference that he gives his people the power to take part in it. Seven times in his farewell discourse, Jesus repeated the assurance that he would do what they asked. Which, what Andrew Murray is saying is in his great teaching in John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit that he kept saying over and over again in that context, if you'll ask the Father in my name, anything that you ask, it'll be done for you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it will be done for you. There's a great connection to prayer and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The power of heaven was to be at the disciples' disposal. The grace and power of God waited for their bidding. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, they would know the will of God. They would learn in faith to pray in his name. He would present their petition to the Father. And through his and their united intercession, the church would be clothed with the power of the spirits. Now this is quite amazing. Jesus not only prays for us, he also sent the Holy Spirit to pray through us. We don't even know how to pray for ourselves. The heavenly intercessor sends the Holy Spirit to pray for us by praying through us. What a powerful reality. Christ praying for us to receive the Spirit, then the Spirit comes in answer to his prayer. Finally, the Holy Spirit prays through us with heavenly words. What an awesome God. I drink of his presence, open my mouth in worship and prayer. The rest is up to him. Pray in the spirit and you'll step into the awesome orchestra of Christ's heavenly prayer. It's awesome. Shemande, rakora, bastara, yandore, yastelendre. Oh yeah, all I need to do is enjoy him to step into the reality of worship. Romboste, clembrose, tiamantresta. And he comes. And does what he needs to do in my life and through my life for his glory. (laughs) Yeah, so let's let's talk for a minute about this this heavenly intercessor. This Jesus, his heavenly ministry. You know, he he was, um, after he was crucified, he was raised from the dead. He ascended into heaven. The disciples saw him go up into heaven. And in 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 the Bible, we see glimpses of what happened when he got there. He returned to heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, who's existed from eternity with the Father, returned to heaven, different from the way he left. He came to heaven. This When he returned to heaven, he came as a man. He came as a human being for the first time. The angels were amazed when they saw this one, the subject of their worship and their adoration from the day of their creation. When they saw him walk down the streets of gold, seated at the Father's right hand, they were in awe as they bowed before him and began to worship the Lord God. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Oh, we bow and worship and do homage to the Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world. This incredible God, it's this Jesus, this intercessor is at the right hand of God. And, and the psalmist gave us a glimpse into this, into this anointing, this incredible, unlimited anointing that came upon the man Jesus when he took his place at the right hand of the Father. 
Psalms 45, David says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. Oh yeah, that's the understatement. Yeah, his heart was overthrowing. He was saturated with God. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. He was prophesying out of the abundance of the overflow of the river that was saturating his life. His tongue was ready. He opened his mouth and Holy Ghost words came out. He was prophesying. He was prophesying. As a matter of fact, Paul quoted some of this in Hebrews chapter 1. He goes on to say, he says, you are, you are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, thigh, almighty one, with your glory and your majesty, and with your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and justice, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the hearts of the king's enemy. The peoples fall under you. Now, here's the part that's quoted in Hebrews chapter 1. Your throne, O oh God. Woo! Your throne, O oh God. He's talking about Jesus. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You loved righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. It's describing the heavenly anointing that came upon Jesus. The river washed over him, and he was anointed as the heavenly intercessor. The overflow of that is what fell on the day of Pentecost on the sons and daughters gathered in that upper room waiting for his promise, the promise of the Father. You loved righteousness, and you hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness not the oil of sadness, but the oil of gladness more than your companions. Joy unspeakable. All your garments. Oh yeah, his garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces by which they made you glad. The king's daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in the gold from Ophir. The, the, this is the Shemandresta picture. The marriage supper of the lamb, the bride of Christ with him at his father's right hand. That day's coming, my friends. This stuff is real. This is not Mother Goose. Christ did not come just for these few short years. He came for eternity. He came to bring us to God. He came to fill us with the Holy Ghost. That's the intercessory ministry of Jesus. So yeah, he was anointed for his heavenly ministry that began that day when he sat down. Ronde began to pray, and now there began to flow a river. John saw a vision of this in Revelations 22. He said, I saw the Father, and I saw the Son, and proceeding from the Father and the Son was this anointing, this river, this river of God. It's the Pentecostal river that came on the day of Pentecost. He's interceding for us. Paul said in Romans 8, he said, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Are you one of his chosen ones? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Wow, he's praying for me. He's interceding for me. 
right now, today, this moment, he's praying for me that I'd be able to preach better than I've been able to preach in the past. He's praying that that unction that I'd get a hold of, they say, the Holy Ghost power. And then, and then it says in Hebrews 7, 25, he uses this incredible word. He says, because he's, he's able to save, the word save is the word sozo, to be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. He's talking about your whole salvation, all of you, your mind renewed, your mind healed, your emotions made whole, holiness being your portion, your body healed and invigorated with the power of God, your spirit man born again and renewed and energized by the Holy Ghost. He's also able to save to the uttermost. Everyone say uttermost. It means totally and permanently. It's quality and quantity. It's the quality of the salvation and the length of that salvation. It's a salvation that lasts and lasts and lasts throughout eternity. It's a salvation that's complete and whole. He is able to save and make me whole. He is that thing that he accomplished on the cross. That, that the legal, the legal results of that, the, the, legally I was made whole at the cross, but practically and experientially it's worked out in my life as the Holy Spirit comes upon me and begins to work in my life. And he's praying for that fullness to take place in my life. That what he purchased would become a reality for me, that I'd step into the reality of it. So he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. And then it goes, this, this last point about this heavenly intercessor, and then I'll talk to you about the Holy Spirit for a moment. Matthew 3.11. He says, I indeed, this is, this is John the Baptist prophesying about this coming Messiah. He says, I baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who's coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That is the, the essence, the essence of his heavenly priesthood is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you're gonna honor, you know, many, many Christians today honor the earthly ministry of Jesus and totally forget about his heavenly ministry. His heavenly ministry is our heavenly high priest, saves to the uttermost and brings us into the fullness of the awareness of the Holy Spirit. He's the minister of the sanctuary. He's saying the veil's been torn. Come in, come near to me and I'll come near to you. I will baptize you. Have you been, have you been baptized. The word baptized, it's a word that means immersed. I mean, dipped down into the river. Dipped down into the river long enough for it to affect your life. Have you been dipped into this heavenly substance till you start taking on the nature of this heavenly substance? Till this heavenly substance begin to permeate your thinking, your mind, your actions, and what you love and what's the center of your life. Immersed baptized. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, I love the, the phrase baptized. I, I talked about this, you know, I talked about this um, a number of times, a number of years ago. There's this, this old, in the, in, the, in the days of the New Testament, there was a secular use of the word baptize 
this baptism in the, in the Spirit. And you've, many of you have heard me use this a, a number of times, but it was the, 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 the example would be taking a cucumber and dipping a cucumber or immersing, or the word in the Greek would be baptizing the cucumber into vinegar. And the longer you leave the cucumber into vinegar, it stops being a, a, it's a cucumber. Its nature and its characteristics are permanently altered. It becomes a pickle. It takes on the characteristics of the substance that it's immersed into, like a, like a white garment being dipped into a blue dye until it becomes a blue garment. It'll never be a white garment again. It's taken on the, the substance that it's been immersed in. Now, here's the scary thing. Every one of us every day are immersed in the filth of the atmosphere of this world. And unless we are bathed on a regular basis, immersed into the heavenly substance, we take on the nature of this other world. We talk like it, we act like it, we think like it. Then we begin to make excuses for our theology and change our theology to line up with our horrible carnal experience. If you understand what I'm talking about. So what's the solution? Holy Ghost, recognizing this heavenly minister, this heavenly high priest who's seated at the right hand of God, interceding for me, calling me in to, the, to, the, to drink in of his presence, the fullness of what was purchased for me at Calvary. Now for a moment, I want to talk to you about the, the intercessor on earth. This, this intercessor on earth, he's the mysterious member of the Trinity. The hardest one for our minds to wrap around because he's a spirit and he, you can't, you can't, you can't see him. He doesn't have a, a body like Jesus has. He is the anointing. He is the anointing. First John chapter 2, 20, John said, you have an anointing. I want everyone to say, I have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. He was talking to the church. This anointing that comes upon us is, the, is a person. It's more than a feeling. It's more than the feeling of God, more than the power of God. He is a person. He's fully a person, as much a person as the Father, as much a person as Jesus is. He is the third person of the Trinity. He's here now. He was purchased for us by the cross, and he came as a result of Christ's work on the cross to whosoever will, whosoever will can come to this river and step into the fullness of this unction. You can step into to your anointing that God gives to you. And it comes upon you and it equips you to live a different kind of life in this world. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. He, 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 he comes inside of us and he prays for us in us. I love this. Romans 8, one of my favorite passages, verse 26 through 28. He prays for us in us, the Holy Ghost. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. How does he do that? With groanings. The groanings are using your vocal cords. He doesn't have any vocal cords. The groanings are your vocal cords. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So these groanings, this is a beautiful word. Everyone say groanings. Have you groaned in the Holy Ghost lately? Shimanda, this word is the word stenagmos. It means unutterable gushings of the heart. 
unutterable gushings of the heart. It's your heart gushing in response to the love of God in groans and in words that can't be spoken in your natural language. Words of angels. Hallelujah. He prays. So when I'm doing that, he's praying for me. He's praying in me. It's this intercessory prayers of Jesus being expressed in my life. He's taking greater, greater control in my life as I'm yielding that control to him. He also, he, he, he prays for us. He also anoints us to worship John 4, 23 and 24, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, because of the atmosphere that we live in, and we all live in it and we're all affected by it every day to differing degrees, the worldly atmosphere gets on us. And that's why it takes time. It takes time in the presence of the Lord to actually come to your senses. It takes time for you to become aware of his presence. You come in, you know, you come in, you come in, and you start chatting to this. Probably I haven't seen this one. By the time the announcements come. <laughs> But if you, so, you know, and so why do, we, why do we have longer services than other places? Because, 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 because of that reason. It takes time. And if this is, if this is your only worship experience, if this is your only worship experience, it's hard to get in the, in the anointing. That's, this, this has to be taken into your private life. It has to be taken into your car and into your house. And you've got to pray in tongues yourself. You've got to sing yourself. You've got to get in this worship life. Worship becomes a lifestyle because you actually love him and you want to sing praises to him. But he says the hour is coming and now is when, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The word truth means reality. The Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in reality. It's not technically right. It's, is it real? Is it real to you? Is he real? Is worship real? Are you feeling it? Are you stepping into the reality of God? So there, there's, that, that takes time for us. And, and this, this Holy Spirit inside of us, that's, that's part of his prayer. Part of his prayer ministry is actually worship. Worship is a form of prayer. And he comes and worships inside of us. He sings, and just as Jesus rejoices over us and sings over us, this heavenly song is birthed inside of us by the wonderful Holy Spirit. And we can be filled with the Spirit, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody with our hearts to the Lord. You do that for 20 or 30 minutes and you won't care. I mean, you won't care. You won't even care what they say or what they think or what happened or what's not going to happen. 
Take me, Lord. Come, Lord. Take me in your arms. Take me into your heavenly sanctuary. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Kind of a dangerous thing to do when you're preaching because you don't want to speak in the natural language. So then he, then he, then he, this, this love, you know, it's, it's like drinking in the, it's, it's drinking in the Father's love, the holy presence of God. He's a person and he is love. He's the incarnate of the Father's love. It comes inside of us, pours into us. And this love, just the same scripture we read, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be entered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Then he starts to pray through us for others. It's supernatural. You'll be praying and singing, just enjoying God, and your mind will begin to float through space, and you'll begin to, someone will come to your mind, and you start to pray over them, and it's the prayers of Jesus being released on earth, intercession. It's intercessory prayer. Intercession is the love of God pouring through your life. Intercession is God's love. Laying hands on the sick is the love of God. It's the intercessory work of the Holy Ghost in our actions and in our words, prayer and ministry. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and out of his belly will flow intercession and prayer and prophecy. Hallelujah. Now this last part of this verse, this is quite amazing. You know, this verse is isolated all the time. It's a, it's a great verse, but when it's isolated, it, we t- tend to take it out of context. Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If you notice, in my, at least in my Bible, Romans 8.28 comes immediately following Romans 8.27. <laughs> Did you ever notice that? I, and, and, and the point is this, this. This is how God works all things together. This is how he does it. He begins to orchestrate the circumstances in our lives and in our world through his prayers that are poured into us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And as we begin to enjoy God and sing, we just think, you might just think, you're, you're just going to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. But God's interceding through you. He's interceding through you. And he's orchestrating the events of your life. Orchestrating, setting things up for his, for his glory and for your joy. He's setting those circumstances. He's, he's aligning the circumstances. He's ruling as sovereign, Lord of lords. He's ruling the universe through the words of his power. He's ruling the universe through his intercessory prayers that are being released in his church. It's awesome. Man, this is awesome to me. This is, this is, this is God. This is all God. This is all God. And, you know, I, I'll have to, I'll close with this before we pray. A moment in time for me. It was a Monday morning back in um, September of 1994. We were having Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, all the way through Friday, fr- Tuesday, Monday through Friday, day and night meetings. And we were just, you know, having Holy Ghost services. And it was on a Monday night service, a Monday morning service. And it was after the, it was toward the end, and I was kind of like right here, right? It's kind of like this. Whoa! <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I had this, this thought come through my mind. This, it, the devil started lying to me. He said, 
you need to be back in your office taking care of some of that administrative work on your desk. <laughs> that was before Paris was the administrator. <laughs> And then the Lord said, oh, no, 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 no. You need to drink. You need to drink. You need to drink. You need to saturate. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information. 